0: on this week's episode of ride the lightning the tesla unofficial podcast new details on the model three production ramp the model three appears to be getting more computing power the referral program is getting a couple of interesting tweaks and more everybody welcome to ride the lightning the tesla motors unofficial podcast episode number 113 we're into october october 1st 2017 that means it is the fourth quarter and that means you may get be getting your model three in the next few months it could very well happen uh i'm ryan mccaffrey good to be with you here and i wanted to introduce all of you to someone if you follow me on twitter you may have already seen this but uh Had a little something come together while I was on vacation at the New Jersey Shore last week. And uh, she arrived on Monday, and she is dead asleep right now. I don't think I'm going to be able to audibly prove to you that she's here, but uh, we got a new boxer puppy uh, on. She arrived on Monday, and her name is Daisy. And I have to say, she has been an absolute angel so far uh, she is a brindle boxer she's 9 weeks old and uh I'll tell you all she wants to do all this dog wants to do is crawl into my lap and just lay in my lap so uh talk about quickly endearing herself to me uh she's been absolutely fantastic you know the the potty training is <laughs> is the initial hurdle but she's doing pretty good uh we've we've uh, the, you know the the number ones are going so-so but the number twos have been, uh, with one exception, have been all outside. So that's really good. But you know, it's been it's been a long road uh, in 2017 for me. With my as for for you ride the lightning listeners, as my column, of course, my sidekick with Maggie. It's you know her health had been deteriorating for a while, and you all, you know, a lot of you have written me such kind notes uh, in, in the wake of her passing and, and leading up to it, that last episode where uh, I could not really hold it together very well back in, uh, back in, was that early May? And, you know, it took a while. It took a while to heal the heart and, and be really ready to, to commit to it again and, and want to, want to go back down the road again with another dog. And I knew I would, I mean, that was, that was inevitable. I mean, I love dogs. I love boxers in particular, and I loved the, you know, the, the therapy dog volunteer work that Maggie and I were doing. And I knew I wanted to do all that again. And uh, it was just a matter of waiting for the right dog at the right time. And I'll tell you, this one, this one really came along and, uh, and, and just stole my heart and, and my family's as well. And here she is in from Illinois, flying in from Illinois, Daisy, the boxer, uh, I have made an Instagram account for her because that's what the kids do <laughs> these days. You know, Maggie had a, had a Twitter account that I just posted pictures to. And the reason she had a Twitter account is because Instagram didn't exist yet when I made Maggie's account. So now that Instagram exists and is the better photo and video platform uh, relative to Twitter, I have made Daisy... Daisy, an account there to uh, to just, you know, chronicle her life. It, it's, like I said, it's for me, just like it was with Maggie, but you're all welcome to follow along should you choose to do so. Just look for Daisy the Boxer Puppy on Instagram, and you will find her. And she is, uh, like I said, she's a little angel. She has been melting hearts all over the neighborhood every day on our walks, and it's been fantastic. She is snoozing away because it's uh, 10.40 p.m. as I record this. On uh, Friday night, and she is snoozing away on the couch. No real snores yet, but we'll she we'll see if she starts to get a bit bigger. If she develops the boxer snore that, that uh, certainly all of you know that Maggie had from listening to this show and uh, the, the the drinking of the water in the middle of the show, which uh, I'm sure we'll hear Daisy do at some point. But it's uh, it's great, and I'm and I'm thrilled. And it's uh, you know I have to admit, you know this is this is the first time I've ever had a second dog. And it does feel a little weird just saying any other dog's name besides Maggie. But, um, you know, that's just a, a, a strange, temporary little feeling. And Daisy's been great. And we're loving her. And it's, it's just going phenomenally. She's happy. She's healthy. And it really seems like that I got a good dog. So I'm extremely thankful for that. Now, one other quick housekeeping note before I move on. I wanted to ask you all... If the show sounds any different, do I sound any different to you? My wife, uh, being the incredible kind soul that she is, decided, well, what could I get Ryan for his birthday, which was last week uh, on the New Jersey Shore trip, and she kindly got me a very, very nice studio-caliber podcaster microphone. So it's this big, fancy new microphone setup uh, that's on my desk with my notes in front of me and, and everything, so... Uh, I did some testing with it and it looks like, I mean, I can definitely see it seems to have a bit of a different sound than what I had going on before. Hopefully you don't find it not, you don't find it, uh, to be uh, less good. So I would love your feedback if you, if it's, if it's all the same to you, uh, you know, no need to, no need to bother letting me know. But if I really, I guess I don't even necessarily need to know if it sounds better. I'm more just concerned if you think it sounds worse for any reason, so in any case, uh, new microphone this week. A new it's, it's, it's a new era of Ride the Lightning with this new microphone and with a new four-legged co-host. She is 11 pounds. She's going to get a lot bigger very quickly as time goes on. So, all right, let me get to the Tesla news this week. And I want to start with back-to-back scoops from our friends at Electrek. Uh, they have learned, first up, more details about the Model 3 production ramp. Uh, Now, they say, quote, sources familiar with the Model 3 program told Electrek that production recently increased after Tesla worked through early manufacturing problems. Among the early production issues, Tesla had to replace battery packs on Model 3s produced in July due to corrections on welds, and it also had to replace ground terminal bolts on Model 3s produced in August. But this month, meaning September, that's, uh, of course, I know we're in October now, But in September, Tesla was able to increase production and deliveries of the new all-electric vehicle. So I'll tell you, you know, the the ramp has been, as as telegraphed by Tesla, very, very slow so far, but it seems now, uh, as, you know, I don't think any of us were necessarily arguing with it to begin with, giving the Tesla employees the very first cars has proven to be pretty smart, because Tesla not only takes care of their employees... On these early issues, without ticking them off, because it's just they just take care of it. But then, of course, those same employees got their cars first as a loyalty slash thank you for all their hard work on the program and at the company, so they've got that little bit of uh, cachet in the neighborhood. And then the public customers, that's you and me, get spared having to endure. Any early problems, such as these ones that Electrek mentions, which, of course, with the the Model X, that's exactly what happened. Was the you know folks were paying a hundred plus thousand dollars for the early Model Xs, and there were a lot of problems with them. Tesla has been over it. Elon's been over it many times, and customers had to bear the brunt of it, and it uh, it didn't look good publicly, and it just wasn't a good customer relations situation. So in this case. You're sparing the public that. And in turn, it keeps bad press from being out there uh, since it's all being kept in-house with these uh, quote-unquote friend DAs going on where the people that have the early cars don't talk about them with the media. So uh, good to see that issues have been identified and dealt with and rectified. And now we move into, well, now October when we should expect actual, external, customer deliveries to begin. Uh, next up, the other Electrek scoop of the week, are hat tip to Fred and the team there, Electrek has learned details of the computing power in the Model 3. They say it's different than what's in the S and X. Uh, those cars, as you may know, use Nvidia's Tegra processor. That's been around for a little while and Tesla's been using it for some time. The Model 3, it seems, uses Intel technology in the form of the Gordon Peak BMP chipset and the Intel Apollo Lake SoC that is a system on chip and that is for the infotainment system in the car. My first thought here was that well, I suppose we'll find out soon if this is going to help fix the super sluggish web browser problem that has plagued the S and the X since each of their launches. This has been a problem in the cars for five years. I don't think anybody's necessarily complaining too much about Slacker, about the media player, but my goodness, it's you know I've been over it on this podcast. And if you are a Tesla owner, uh, one of the listeners out there who owns a Tesla, you already know this very, very well. The web browser is borderline useless, and Elon Musk has previously said that a Linux kernel update would help with it, and we got that kernel update, but we still haven't really seen the web browser improve. Elon had mentioned at one point that, that the actual, the kernel update happened, and the, but then the, the actual f- proper update to the web browser to uh, get it up to snuff would be coming. We still haven't seen that, although I'll tell you, I would be the first to admit that such a task as improving the web browser in the car, probably at the bottom of Tesla's priority list, and quite frankly, it's rightfully so. I mean, there are so many other things that they could and should be addressing first that the web browser is probably down at the bottom of the list. So it looks like there may be a hardware solution in place for both the web browser situation and just keeping everything else going on in the car much zippier. Again, your slacker, your tune-in, whatever it is you are using with the car will be nice and snappy when you pick up your Model 3. Uh, What else did I want to cover on this? Oh, uh, yeah, the other point I wanted to make here was that it would appear now that Tesla will soon be doing zero business with NVIDIA if those rumors that I covered, I believe it was on last week's show, of Tesla developing its own autopilot computing chip with AMD, if those rumors come true. You know, and so I wonder is it is it a pace of innovation issue where Nvidia can't keep up with where Tesla wants to go or oh Daisy snoring. I don't know if you can hear that. It's like a she's got her tongue hanging out. I've not seen her do this yet. Yeah, puppies are cute, you guys. I got I got to say, you check out her Instagram. I I don't care about followers or any of that stuff. I'm just saying, take a look at how adorable this dog is. Uh, anyway, yeah, I wonder if it's a, like I said, if it's a pace of innovation issue with NVIDIA for Tesla or a a parts cost issue, you know, whatever the terms of the contract and the, the economics of it for Tesla, or maybe both. It could very, very well easily be both of those things. Next on this week's to-do list, I want to talk about the referral program just because it's gotten a bit of an update. So this is obviously most relevant to those of you who are existing Model S and Model X owners. The referral program is getting some tweaks for the just underway fourth quarter. Notable among them is that one referral, the first referral now gets you a choice of the radio flyer Model S for Kids just as before. And by the way, uh, on that note, I want to thank Jeff in California, whose uh, referral code I used, what, two, two referral periods ago. And uh, thanks to those of you that purchased Tesla's using Jeff's code, we, uh, he got the, uh, the Model S for kids, which he kindly sent my way. And it is in a, it, it, it is a mammoth box. It arrived uh, a while ago. It's a, it's a huge box. It's far larger than you could ever possibly imagine. The box is almost the size of a refrigerator. That's how large this thing is. It's sitting down in my garage waiting, uh, for Christmas morning for Santa to, uh, to deliver it to my six-year-old daughter. I, I really genuinely can't wait to see. It's only, I mean, it's, what October now? But I've it's been sitting down in the garage for a good month or maybe even two at this point, and I just I just I am really genuinely excited for Christmas morning for to see how she reacts. I don't know if she's going to freak out and it's going to be this super cool awesome thing, or if she's just going to kind of be nonplussed, like what <laughs> what do I do with this? Either way, it's going to be super fun uh, for me and hopefully for her as well. Anyway, so <laughs> circling back to my original point. The first referral in the current iteration of the referral program now gets you your choice of either that Model S for kids or a matte black high power wall connector, Tesla uh, wall connector, that has Elon Musk's signature etched into it. It's, it's not his actual signature, it's just, you know, kind of stamped in, etched in uh, on the, the front facing of the unit. I mean, it's, if you take a look at the picture, it's not only pretty cool looking, but I tell you, I really want one. I I won't go so far as to say I need it. I do have my NEMA 1450 outlet in the garage and ready to go, and it gets occasional use anytime I can get my hands on a Tesla. But, uh, I had actually been wanting to get a, a high power wall connector for my model three anyway. Not only for times when I do need to charge the car faster than the 31 miles per hour that the NEMA 1450 outlet does, but more than that, on a on an actual every single day basis, I wanted to get the wall connector for the convenience because then the cable just sits, you know, it uh, it docks on on the uh, the high power wall connector. There's a little sort of bracket that you. You put the uh, the cable on where it's nice and tidy, and it's not laying around anywhere. Whereas uh, out of the out of the box, you know, you, you get your your mobile connector, your universal mobile connector, with your with any Tesla you buy. And in that scenario, I'd have to open up the frunk or trunk wherever I'm keeping it and plug it in and unplug it and put it away every single time. You know, you multiply, you do that literally every single day for the decade plus i'm gonna have the car that's thousands of times that i would do that so that alone that the convenience factor makes it uh makes that high power wall connector worth it And i think i did this story too if uh if you're either a fellow prospective model 3 owner or an existing tesla owner do note that the price of the of the wall connector has come down it's now 500 dollars for either version and the versions are exactly the same it's just the cable length So it's the, there's an eight foot cord and then a 24 foot cord. So, I mean, why not get the 24 foot cord in case you have your car in the garage in a different way or, or, you know, outside and you need to run the charging cable outside at some point you might as well. So uh, that is definitely high on my list of things to to get. So I'm hoping that, uh, maybe somebody out there is going to use my cousin Pat's referral code that I started giving out last week because Pat Already has a high power wall connector, so I think uh, there's a, there's a good chance he might send me the uh, this black one if uh, if it if he should get his hands on it. But anyway, three referrals still gets you the Arachnid wheels, those limited uh, limited availability ara- twenty one inch Arachnid wheels for the Model S. Or if you're an X owner, you can get twenty two inch turbines. Uh, nothing. Nothing that's unique. That's the same ones that are available in the design studio for when you you order your X. But uh, four referrals still gets you a power wall, which I'm hoping to get for my cousin Pat. Or uh, <clears throat> you now have the choice, pardon me, of an early access token for the Tesla solar roof. And five referrals remains an invitation to the next big. Tesla event. Now, the biggest change of the referral program is that after the end of this month, after October 31st, the $1,000 discount on the car will no longer apply. And instead, the person using the code will just get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So they are, uh, s- removing one of the two perks of the referral. And I'll tell you what, what this says to me is that Tesla is probably going to phase it out soon after this. I would not at all be surprised if, come January 1st, the referral program comes to a complete end because at that point, the Model 3 should be in very healthy production 5,000 cars per week or more, and thus uh, putting Tesla in a position where they don't really need to goose sales anymore because they've got their high-volume car starting to hit high-volume production. So again, this is the last month, last chance to get the $1,000 off and the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So if you're thinking of buying a Tesla, an S or an X, please use my cousin Pat's referral code. The short link that you type into your browser is ts.la slash Patrick5008. For that thousand bucks and the uh, the free unlimited lifetime supercharging, and hopefully I can get hooked up with that wall connector for when my Model Three gets here. Next up this week, some congratulations are in order to current and future Tesla owners in Australia, as the supercharging corridor running from Sydney to Adelaide, where by the way that's uh, where my Delorean now lives, that has been completed. Tesla also celebrating the installation of the Power Pack project at the Hornsdale Wind Farm near Jamestown, South Australia. Now, this is uh, hugely important for Australia ahead of the Model 3 launch, which, you know, still is likely to be quite a ways away down in Australia. Probably, uh, I would think, 2019 because, uh, you know, people are are being told uh, end of 2018 for the existing reservations, and there's no indication that right-hand drive cars uh, will be delivered anywhere, UK or Australia or uh, what I believe, Hong Kong, Japan, I think, I don't quite remember uh, which which uh, Asian countries, Asian territories are right-hand drive, but anyway, uh, it, might, it might be a while before the 3 get, makes its way down to Australia, but nevertheless, it's great that the supercharging corridor is in place and hopefully Tesla will continue to pad out the network a bit down there prior to the Model 3s really starting to arrive in mass down in the country there. Couple more stories this week. Tesla continuing as we go uh, around the globe, Tesla continuing to be strong in Norway as September was a record month for Tesla in that country, over 1,500 deliveries. Now, if you're saying, hey, Ryan, 1,500 in a month doesn't sound like a whole lot. In fact, that doesn't sound like much at all, and that's the record? Well, here's the thing. Norway is a country of 5 million people. So if you were to just do a rough math exercise and multiply that 5 million by 60... That gets you the approximate population of the United States, three hundred million. So if you did that for the fifteen hundred Teslas sold, you would get you would get, pardon me, about ninety thousand Teslas sold in the United States in one month. To put that in perspective, that's what they do in a year right now. This year is what that's what they're tracking towards. Last year, that's what they did. So. Approximately, that's what they did. So you know, that's like doing a year's worth of of deliveries in a month. That's what Norway just pulled off. And also of note, by the way, 42 percent of Norway's new vehicle sales are electric cars. So tip of the hat, bravo to Norway for continuing, and the the Norwegian government as well for continuing to lead the charge on zero emissions vehicles uh, taking over the roadways. Finally, on a uh, somewhat somber note this week, I did want to just say kudos to Tesla for once again doing uh, what is certainly, in my opinion, and I can't imagine anyone would argue with me, doing the right thing uh, with regard to the disastrous flooding and and environmental damage that has been wreaked uh, in Puerto Rico. The power scenario there is extremely grim. They're facing a very difficult uphill battle. And Tesla is sending hundreds of power walls down to Puerto Rico in order to help that territory try and recover its electrical infrastructure, which took severe, severe damage uh, in that recent mega storm. Elon Musk, by the way, has also personally donated a quarter of a million dollars to the recovery effort. So uh, my heart goes out to the entire island of Puerto Rico and uh, good on Tesla for, you know, not, not trying to do anything but the right thing here. Just sending, sending the power walls then they'll be of use. And uh, that was great to see Tesla do that. All right, I'm going to come right back. I've got a whole bunch of excellent calls queued up from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Stay tuned for that right after this time once again for the ride the lightning hotline and if you've got a question comment or discussion topic for me here on the podcast give me a call or you can alternatively Email me the file. Just record it into your smartphone. About half the people like to do it that way now. So just use the voice memo recorder on your smartphone and email me the file. Teslapodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Or like I said, there's always the good old trusty Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's toll free anytime, day or night. The number is one 989 8752 That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Paul in Connecticut, who mentions a Model 3 delivery that you may have heard about taking place outside of California. As well as uh, some other videos making their way out there uh, regarding Model 3, as well as a question that Paul has regarding Model 3. So, Paul, take it away.
1: Hi, Ryan. Paul from Connecticut. I was really excited yesterday to watch the two videos about the uh, Model 3 delivery in Austin, Texas, and the video posted by OC Detailing. It gave me more information about the Model 3 than I've seen from any other source, especially about the interior and about the UI. Uh, I haven't been disappointed in any aspect of the car from the time I put down my reservation on March 31st until now. It's uh, the car that I hoped and dreamed it would be, so I am extremely excited. I had a question for you about uh, some of the streaming services and about the radio. Uh, I was surprised to see there wasn't an AM-FM service uh on the UI. And I'm wondering if that's something that might be added in the future. If Model S and X owners have AM FM radio, it would be nice to get local news and local sports talk stations um, the old-fashioned way. And I have an extensive Spotify library and I'm counting on it being available through streaming on my Model 3. Uh, I don't know anything about Stitcher, um, but I'm devoted to my Spotify account, so (laughs) I'm hoping that's going to be something that will be seamless in the future. I know these things can be uh, patched with over the year updates, and I'm hoping over time that will uh, improve. So, interested to hear your thoughts, and as always, thanks for the show.
0: I'm right with you on this, Paul. So, the Model X actually doesn't have AM, though the Model S does. The 3 will have FM. It's listed on the product detail page on Tesla's press site, right under Standard Equipment. It's unlikely the Model 3 is going to have AM, since the X doesn't, and since it's not listed on that FAQ, that Frequently Asked Questions, that uh, that site I just mentioned for the Model 3. And uh, I'll tell you, you with Spotify is me with Pandora. I've got a highly curated personal station that's super awesome for me. I've been working on it for, gosh, probably a couple of years at this point. And unfortunately for me, there's zero indication that Pandora will be officially supported in the Model 3. Uh, I think we're uh, pretty unlikely to get Spotify as well, although the odds are a little bit better than with Pandora because Spotify has at least been available in European Teslas for a while now, but it is yet to come over here to the United States for, for whatever reason. I'm sure it's some kind of business deal, some sort of arrangement. I'm also sad that SiriusXM, satellite radio, won't be in the Model 3. It's also not in the X, interestingly enough. It only lives, the antenna for it apparently only lives in the Model S's pano roof. You have to get the panoramic roof. If you just get the standard all-glass roof, you don't get SiriusXM in the S. Uh, And obviously, the X never will have a pano roof, and the Model 3 doesn't currently have one. So that kind of stinks too, because, uh, you know... I've got a lifetime subscription. That's obviously a very, very personal scenario that doesn't apply to everyone. So my Sirius uh, XM accounts paid for itself a couple of times over, over the years at this point. I'll tell you though, you know, unlike, you know, you could make the argument that, oh, you know, Pandora, how many people are on that? Sirius XM's not a niche service. They've got like 34 million subscribers, but Oh, well, I guess it looks like we'll just have FM radio and slacker. And then of course, TuneIn, which will get you a lot of, uh, AM stations and other kind of radio stations in there as well. But well, at least with slacker, you figure too, that's most likely going to be replaced in the not too distant future by Tesla music. Once Tesla is ready to properly launch their own, uh, audio system, all their own music service that they've been, they've been, uh, spinning up here for a little while um, yeah, you know, I mean, overall, I would say the audio entertainment options in the Model Three are probably the one part of the car that I'm genuinely a bit disappointed in so far. The rest of the car has actually met or exceeded my expectations in most cases, but yeah, the uh, the audio entertainment, eh, eh? I wish it I wish it were better. I wish there were more. The good news is fr- firmware updates could always fix a lot of these concerns it won't fix satellite radio you need an antenna you need a hardware antenna for that um sort of i mean you could listen to it over the uh over the internet i mean that's how sirius xm's app works so i don't know i guess all hope is not lost but it certainly doesn't look too great right now as far as uh, the model 3's infotainment options next up is brian from virginia He's a relatively new listener with a Model 3 reservation, and he was looking for some advice. So let's see if I can help him out. Brian, you're on the air.
2: Hello, Ryan. This is Brian from Virginia. I'm a relatively new but very avid listener to your podcast. I'm also on the list for a Model 3 having signed up relatively early when there might have been only 115,000 people in front of me. The Tesla reservation system says that I may be able to get a Model 3 with 310-mile range, rear-wheel, rear-wheel drive, and premium upgrades in the February to April time period next year. The price shown is $49,000. Alternatively, it says I could get a Model 3 with dual-motor, all-wheel drive, and a choice of two, 220 or 310 mile range, no estimated price is shown on that, and that means a delay to late uh, 2018. Now, in a normal ICE car, I would always opt for the four-wheel drive, or at least front-wheel drive, simply for the better handling in snow and ice. I'm in the mid-Atlantic area, so our winter months are not really bad. But we do get a lot of early morning and late evening ice on the roads. And besides that, the road maintenance after a real snowstorm is pretty poor in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. So I wonder, what would you advise? In a heavy car, such as a Tesla, with the battery adding weight in the center of the wheelbase, is four-wheel drive and a dual motor a really big advantage? is this going to make a big difference to me in handling acceleration or fuel economy? I did look back through all the podcast episodes, and I don't see that you have exactly addressed the difference and the considerations between rear-wheel drive and four-wheel drive before. So I'd really welcome your thoughts. And thank you again for a really enjoyable and informative podcast. Take care.
0: Thanks for your call, Brian, and welcome to the show. And I think I can help you here. Let me just uh, crack the old knuckles. Uh, (laughs) So I've driven a Model S P85 extensively. I don't own one, but I have literally put hundreds of miles on my cousin Pat's car. I also had the privilege of living with a P85D for a few days when I reviewed that car for IGN for my day job. And I've driven my boss's 85D a couple times. So while I'm not a daily driving Tesla owner myself just yet, I can offer some hands-on experience here. In my humble opinion, the added cost of dual motor, which is as I've said this on the show before, I think it's gonna be about four thousand dollars because Elon has previously previously said that it would be cheaper. Uh, than the $5,000 upgrade it was on the S, though, because obviously now it's it's now standard on the Model S. It's not an upgrade, uh, and it's always been standard on the X. Anyway, that $4,000, just, let's just just go with 4K for the sake of argument. That $4,000 gets you what is, in my opinion, vastly improved handling. I mean, that was the single biggest thing that stood out to me between the P85 and, and the P85D, the rear-wheel drive and the all-wheel drive. If you accelerate hard out of a turn, like when you're turning onto another road while stopped at a light, as an example, you can feel the back end of the P85 of the rear-wheel drive car start to wanna break away a little bit. It mostly doesn't, but the feel of it is obvious. Some people like that. I should note that, but the the all-wheel drive, meanwhile, the dual motor, it's like a slot car it sticks to the road like glue. I mean, you, can, uh, you really couldn't flip an all-wheel drive Tesla with a giant spatula. You couldn't do it. And as I mentioned, though, you know, just being fair, some people really like the feel of the rear-wheel drive and they prefer it to the, to the feel of the all-wheel drive. You do, uh, about the all-wheel drive, though, you do get a bit better acceleration in that car as well as slightly improved range. So those are other things. In my in, That makes, for my opinion, $4,000 buys you quite a lot of value with all three of those things, the, the, the improved handling, the uh, better acceleration, uh, and the, uh, the better range as well. So for me, the, that's a lot of value being added for that $4,000, and that's why I'm going to wait for it. Now, the big caveat in this situation, and it, this only applies to really to this window of time. That, that you, Brian, occupy, and that I occupy, and that a lot, of, a lot of our listeners occupy. And that is the situation with the tax credit. You may not get anything if you wait for all-wheel drive, since you told me that your delivery estimate for all-wheel drive is for the end of the year. At best, you might get the one-quarter credit. So in that sense all-wheel drive for you becomes a much more expensive upgrade because you're, you're likely to get the full credit or half at the worst if you take first production of a rear-wheel drive car with your delivery window estimate that you that you gave to me. And by all accounts, I should add too, rear-wheel drive Teslas handle very well in winter conditions. I've read a million threads about that and there, it's, it's much better than their ICE counterparts. So I can't make the decision for you, but I hope I've helped inform you a little bit better so that you can make a decision that you're confident in. Thank you so much for the call, Brian. Let me go now to right here in the city, Justin in San Francisco. He is trying to decide whether to take first production or wait a little bit and just get the, the standard range uh, car because he thinks that might suit him well. So let's see if we can help Justin... Go ahead, sir. Ryan,
3: Justin in San Francisco. This is one of my can't miss podcasts. Currently in delivery window for October to December for first production, December to February for the base. I need you to tell me which to go for. The pressure is squarely on your shoulders. Here's a few questions I'm currently wrestling with. Is the combination of one, the longer range, in all that comes with it, the convenience, the practicality, value retention, resale plus a cool factor of getting it as early as possible, because let's be honest, these are adult toys, is that combination of factors worth the $9,000. I desperately want you to come up with practical reasons for why I should spend the money and go early, but I am not a rich man, particularly by our local standards here. And if I received the cars at the same time, I have to tell you honestly, I would be going for the base and saving the $9,000. But I desperately want to get it early, and I'm just looking for a practical reason to do it. I really appreciate the time and passion you put into the show. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, Justin. Thanks for calling in. It's definitely not worth the cool factor, in my opinion, because that is situation is going to be so temporary that you will blink and it will be over. So I would suggest do not do it for that reason. As to everything else, you didn't say that the slight performance bump in the long range battery mattered to you. So let's factor that out. So then it comes down to range and range alone. You've been listening for a while, so you've probably heard me say Range is king, and that is true. You, as I've said before, you can't upgrade it. You, you get what you get in your battery, and you have to assume that that's all you're ever going to get in your car. Uh, And you do get a lot more range with the battery upgrade, but that comes at a steep cost: nine thousand dollars. Now, you said you're in San Francisco, as I am. Think about this: Will you ever go to Tahoe? Will you ever go to Tahoe in the winter? are you going to go rarely? Are you going to go regularly? Do you have other sort of road trips that you want to make on a, on a semi-regular basis? If it's rarely, don't worry about it. If you have the 220 mile standard range model three, you could either just make that work or you could just rent an ICE car for when you do need to take a road trip. Uh, but if it's, if it's regularly, if you are going to Tahoe or other places on a regular basis, then particularly in the Tahoe instance with those elevation climbs up into the mountains, the colder winter temperatures, and just the sheer distance, long range is really going to help you out. Finally, while you you didn't give me your budget situation, and that's your business obviously, uh, is your budget situation such that you're really factoring in and counting on that $7,500 federal tax credit? Because if it is, then the base model three might work for your situation based on what you're saying. It's a cheaper car. You, you, you know, that might be the way to go if that, if the range is okay for, for your needs. But if that tax credit isn't already a key factor in your planning and instead the tax credit is kind of just a bonus in your budget scenario and in how you're budgeting for your car, then you could look at it this way. You could say that if you get the long range, then that long-range upgrade kind of only costs fifteen hundred bucks if you tell yourself that the tax credit is paying for most of it. Now that assumes that you have a tax liability of seventy-five hundred dollars or greater. I'm not your tax guy. <laughs> I have no idea, but uh, you know, make sure you're checking on that stuff before you before you make any solid decision. But um, should that be the case, then you're only looking at a $1,500 cool factor tax, and maybe that's, uh, that's the way for you to go. Maybe that makes sense for you. So best of luck to you either way. Next up is Tim from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, he has concerns about Tesla's new deluxe superchargers, the ones with the, all the amenities being added to them so let's hear from Tim
4: hey Ryan this is uh, Tim Hyde from Little Rock Arkansas Um, appreciate the show just want to let you know that uh, I didn't find you till after the more recent model 3 unveil I put in a a deposit on March 31st of 16 so I'm a spring recipient supposedly but uh, it's Sunday afternoon, and I mow the grass on Sunday afternoons, and you, uh, I listen to your podcast during that, so I appreciate you getting me through that quicker than it normally would seem. Uh, my, my comment is regarding the uh, discussion on this most recent show about the development around the supercharger stations. And on the surface, it sounds great that they are wanting to um, – add restaurants and make it more of an event when you stop to charge your car. Uh, obviously that's great cross branding opportunities, you know, for restaurants and the like. Uh, but the concern around that is the more that, that gets developed and the more that they have these, um, restaurants or, or these types of, uh, mini stop type operations as they continue to develop, uh, there is less of an incentive for Tesla to continue developing faster charging. Um, Because if if they are uh, providing revenue streams for these other companies, um, and they're kind of dependent on you stopping for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, whatever it might be, um, from a consumer perspective, I think we would gladly give up all those amenities for a battery that can charge to 80% in seven minutes, let's say. So. That is a concern that I have about that. Uh, And so my thought would be that they would be continually trying to promote the speed in which they can charge a battery instead of providing amenities for slower charging times. So I was just kind of curious to get your thoughts on that. Um, And then I just thought I'd mention that you also mentioned kids and their interest in Teslas. I have a 7-year-old that, on his own, has gotten very much into cars and drag races on YouTube and uh, Hot Wheels, and he, um I have been constantly pushing him. You know, he's he's bragging about Lamborghinis and Ferraris and and Bugattis, and, and I keep telling him about how these Teslas are beating these these supercars, multi-million dollar supercars in drag races. And in the most recent news and video from uh, Motor Trend, um, he's watched that, and I've gotten him really excited about Teslas now. And in Little Rock, we don't have a Tesla store, and so we're driving through Kansas City uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I've got an appointment to do a test drive in the Kansas city store. My wife has never been in one. I've, I've tested her in an X and an S. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get them excited for the three that we're supposed to get in a few months. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention that to you that definitely getting kids, um, involved and, and, and fascinating in Teslas is, is a big, um, interest to me as well. So again, I appreciate the, uh, uh, the podcast really enjoy it and uh and i'll talk to you soon thanks ryan take care
0: that is a fantastic point tim and thank you for your awesome story about your seven-year-old son his mind will be blown once he sees the s and the x no doubt and back to your point about the supercharging amenities at the deluxe stations i hadn't really thought about it that way but you know you're right the good news is we already know that tesla is working on version 3 supercharging Elon's already humble bragged about it on Twitter. So it's it will happen, almost certainly. And, you know, even if, even if it does, I suppose people could still decide to just relax or eat or shop for a little while while their, while their car tops off. Because remember that even in a V3 supercharging scenario, uh, the charging rate does significantly taper off when you get towards the top there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how Tesla walks that line with the, you know, their, their potential retail partners and the, you know, keeping their customers happy of, of having the charge, the cars charge nice and quickly. Michael from Milbrae, our friend, he, uh, we haven't heard from him in a little while. He calls in about the Tesla Semi. And I've been talking a lot about the battery swap situation. You know, I'm thinking it probably will happen. How's they thing going to charge some different opinions. Uh, a lot of Semi talk lately, so here's Michael from Milbrae, with, uh, as usual from him, an excellent point. Go ahead, Michael.
5: Hey, Ryan. I wanted to share some thoughts on the Tesla semi battery swap situation. Um, I've been thinking about it, and I don't actually think that they're going to do it. Kind of going out on a limb, but here's my reasoning. If you think the semi is going to be 1,000 kilowatt hours, so 10 times a passenger car battery pack, then you could... Theoretically, not literally, but you could put 10 battery packs in the semi um, with 10 charging circuits and plug it into 10 superchargers and it would charge at the same effective rate, miles per minute, hour, as, as a supercharger in a passenger car. Um, so it's not necessarily slower just because it's bigger, because everything can scale up. Um, Now, obviously, you're not going to actually have 10 charging circuits, 10 battery packs, 10 superchargers. You're going to make one bigger battery pack with one bigger charging circuit with one bigger supercharger. But the the limiting factor of charging is still um, current going into each cell at once. Um, And if there's more cells, they can all get more current at the same time. Um, and it should hopefully scale up. I don't know. That's my opinion, Um, but I'm curious what you and your other listeners think. Oh, and let me be the first to welcome your new co-host to the show, Um, whatever his or her name is. Um, Congratulations on getting another dog.
0: Thanks, as always, for your insights, Michael. And I'll tell you, the more I hear from all of you folks out there, the more I feel like I'm piecing together a plan that I think tesla will roll out based on all of your theories because it seems plausible to me that tesla might start with exactly what you detailed michael a scaled up supercharging station to charge up the semi's larger battery pack in a similar time and method as the sx and 3 do now this complements uh what we heard from from eric in australia and steve in new jersey last week That being that the initial Tesla semi could very well be geared towards local deliveries rather than interstate. And then, in time, as the platform, the Tesla semi platform matures, Tesla could roll out a battery swap infrastructure and full autonomy in order to enable the fastest, most efficient interstate travel possible. So, I think we may all collectively beyond to something here we'll we'll have to see come october 26th let's wrap it up with our friend lawton in chicago haven't heard from him in a little while he's uh we, we can almost always find him on the monthly patreon bonus episode so uh here's lawton calling in on the subject of the uh, mobile battery swap station patent that i talked about last week lawton go ahead
6: hi ryan it's lawton from chicago wanted to comment on the Tesla Mobile Battery Swap Station patent for episode 112. Of note from the patent, what constitute a vehicle is not defined. Thus, for our passenger vehicles, Tesla's previous experiment with a stationary battery swap station was unsuccessful, in part due to insufficient demand. However, for a commercial vehicle with multiple batteries, trying long distances, a mobile swap station could be very useful, minimizing the time needed to recharge. That commercial vehicle would of course be the Tesla Semi. Picture a platoon of Tesla semis, each having three 100-kilowatt battery packs that could be simultaneously swapped in 15 minutes. The mobility of the swap station could be the essential element along long-distance semi-routes. Mobile barrier swap stations could be pre-deployed along the planned semi-route. Thanks, as always, for the fantastic podcast. Look forward to your thoughts.
0: And as soon as I think I've got a pretty sound theory, here's Lawton. With another interesting idea, I tell you, Lawton. This is really getting into some Night Rider territory, which I love. Though, I mean, I know you weren't suggesting that this would be done while the vehicles are in motion, which is how Night Rider would have done it. But it is definitely feasible. So, thank you as always for your calls, Lawton, and thanks to everybody. For your calls. Again, uh, I encourage you, give me a ring anytime. You can record your question or comment or discussion topic on your smartphone and just email me the recorded file, Tesla Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in anytime to the the, uh, Ride the Lightning Hotline and leave a message there. The number is 1 888 989 TSLA. That's 1 888 989 8752. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. All right, before I go, I want to talk to you about a few quick things. First, for fellow future Model 3 owners, let me tell you about something I've been keeping my eye on, and that is detailing to protect that Model 3 when you get it. Now, does your car's finish now look tired or worn? Do you have a new car coming, like a Model 3, that you want to preserve for the long term? immaculate reflections they are the bay area's premier paint correction and coating specialist they offer paint correction services new car delivery prep ceramic coatings including c quartz finest reserve and paint protection film they're located in brentwood california not too far from the tesla factory You can find them on their website at irdetailing.com. Also look them up on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. They've got 16 years of experience. Immaculate Reflections, they are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. Uh, What else can I tell you here? The referral code, I gave you that earlier. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Take a look at the Patreon if you get a chance, if you find this podcast very useful to you. Week in, week out. Love it if you would uh, consider the Patreon. That can be found at patreon.com slash Podcast. And let me thank the Patreon producers. We've got a new one. Timothy Hyde. Thank you so much and welcome. Jeff Bartram. Also, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Opray. Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Merrickle, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Andreas Cohen, and Sean Fournier. Thank you all so much. Uh, for Tesla owners, visit AbstractOcean.com for a great selection of Tesla accessories the silicon key fob pockets, uh, Tesla lanyards, screen protectors for that 17 inch display, etc. Get 20% off over there using the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. Thanks to abstractocean.com for providing that discount code. If you don't already subscribe to this podcast, I would highly encourage you to do so because then the podcast just downloads itself. You don't have to go seek it out. You can subscribe on most of your favorite iTunes, or favorite iTunes, favorite podcast subscribers such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Or there's always the hosting website where you can find the RSS feed to pick up or just individual MP3 files, and that is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. I I think that is all the usual housekeeping notes. I just want to welcome Daisy the Boxer once again. She doesn't know her name yet, obviously. She's nine weeks old, and she's only been here for, uh, this is day five but soon before long i will say her name and she will perk right up and it will be super adorable so man it is it is good to have her here man it uh it feels really good you know it's it's a little like i said it's a little strange there's a little twinge of bittersweetness to it you know with uh with maggie being gone but but it is it is great to have to, to, it is cool to be starting over and building a new relationship, you know, building a new a new bond with uh, with Daisy, who so far is just like I said, she has just been an absolute angel, and I I love having her around all the time. She's been great. So uh, hug your pets, boy. They are they are special to to so many of us. I I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for the the ten and a half years I did get with Maggie. I you know, as tough as the end was. I wouldn't trade the, trade it for the 10 and a half years we did get together, not for, not for a second. Um, and I look forward to many wonderful years with Daisy here. So uh, here we go, fourth quarter, 2017. Actual non-employee customers should be getting their Model 3s. That could include many of you. In fact, it should include a lot of you. Uh, since all of you are, are dedicated. A lot of you, you know, camped out, waited in line like I did, so I can't wait to hear from you. Again, when the time comes, I'm going to be encouraging all of you that get Model 3s to call in, even if it's just a very short little message to send me uh, on the Ride the Lightning hotline or, or you know, recording something and emailing it in, because, man, I just, I want to share that joy. For those of us that are waiting or those of us that, that aren't as far up in the line, I want to share that I want to share your joy with people so that just just to spread that positive energy and to, to help energize people while they wait. So we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But for now, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined forevermore by Daisy the Boxer. Happy electric motoring, everybody, and I'll see you next week.